0: In this country, we believe that there should be freedom for all, even though not all of us believe in it. Join Tom and Chase as they explore politics, economics, and everything else that threatens your individual liberty. This is The Free For All Podcast. And we are live. Free For All Episode 13. Welcome back for another episode of The Free For All Podcast. As always, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate everybody that continues to listen and support us. Uh, please remember that the show is available wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether that's YouTube, Spotify, Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. And also remember to like and subscribe to the show as well as our socials to keep up to date with the latest on the show and what's going on. Uh, we are on Instagram at Free for All Podcast and on Twitter at FFAPodcast1776. Uh, so for this week's show, again, uh, we're going to be on one topic and one topic only, and uh, this is a topic that Tom and I have wanted to cover for a little bit, but it ne- hasn't really necessarily fit in any of our previous episodes. So we chose to cover it this week because it's still you know, pretty relevant and current. Um, it's something that you'll either care about or you won't, and that's fine. Uh, but it is something that's important because it is an infringement on your freedom, specifically if you are part of the car community like Tom and I. Very recently, the EPA has decided to publish a lot of different uh, literature regarding the clean air act, which has already been passed in which it interprets that modified cars are in conflict with said clean air act, uh, and should be entirely abolished, which this obviously includes the aftermarket part industry, which allows car owners to modify their vehicles to their liking. And, you know, this is an all out assault on the car community because the parts in question are very important to people like us when it comes to modifying vehicles. Um, you're talking about parts like superchargers, turbochargers, uh, headers, exhausts, modified ECUs, tuners, intakes, like literally the whole nine yards. And obviously, this one hits close to home for Tom and I uh, as members of the car community. You know, Tom Tom and I both have modified vehicles. Um, Tom's doesn't run at the moment, but that's pretty normal for just about all of us. Uh, cars are not only a passion, but a hobby and we have met some of our best friends through owning modified vehicles and attending car shows or going to car meets you know, it's a social activity for us, but it's also an activity that breeds competition, um, with your friends and builds those friendships even further. And it's sad that, um, the government, moreover, the EPA feel the need to try and, you know, strip this long-standing tradition and piece of history away from us.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know you're talking about all these different modified parts and to people that don't know about them they might seem like they're uh crazy parts or just uh things that might completely uh you know have have no positive effect that people are just putting on their car to be loud and obnoxious but it's all like performance parts and stuff and when you talk about uh different ECUs like different electronics and uh, it's it's not just the physical things it's also electronics and uh you know the methods of how your car runs off the computer that they wanna they wanna change. And pretty much all those parts are are parts that I already have for my car. Um either in the process of installing them right now or have already put them on. I've you know, me, I've personally modified or taken off almost everything about my car except for the chassis or uh certain suspension components. But it, it it's pretty crazy they want to come after these things and they're actually very common modifications. I know here in Florida Uh, Especially in Central Florida, with there's a Hispanic population, and either and even in Southern Florida, a lot of people like modifying Hondas, and uh, that's that's actually like such a huge thing down here that there's Hondas like everywhere you turn, and almost everyone has some sort of exhaust or whatever on them, and um, it's just pretty pretty common things that they're trying to come after, and you know if you live in states like California or other states that already have restrictions on uh, emissions or other sorts of modifications you know that these laws pretty much affect everyone. You have to go in and uh, do your your inspections once a year or whatever and make sure that uh, your catalytic converter is doing its job and you're not producing a bunch of emissions. And like, I'm not going to get into the emissions argument because that's a whole nother topic, but obviously emissions regulations are going to have some sort of negative effect on motorsport, and that's been having a negative effect on motorsport for a while. And most of this, like I said, in the United States is state driven, but um, in countries like Germany, they have TUV, which is a national organization that basically uh, approves which modifications can be done to cars. And when you buy something, it has to be TUV approved in Germany. And when you take it in for inspection, if you have TUV approved parts on there, then that's completely fine. Um, and so this organization approves the parts and then they also inspect. And this seems like something similar uh, to what the federal government's trying to do now, or the EPA at least, uh, with the Clean Air Act. They want to create some sort of arm of the government that's going to go ahead and approve all of these, uh, all of these modifications, like uh, California already does. Um, if you go to buy certain turbo kits, they'll say or like exhaust, it'll say carb approved or whatever. And basically, all other states can have really lax standards when it comes to like putting exhaust on your car. But California is absolutely crazy compared to the other states, and they just want to make the, all that federal,
0: basically. Yeah, and, and like Tom was talking about, this does not just affect the car community. This can this affects literally everybody because the the entire reason that you have to go and get your car inspected in the state of California is because of these laws. And so it's not just car people or people in the car community that have to go and get their cars inspected. It's literally everybody. It's an inconvenience to literally everybody, and you've got to pay to get the inspection done. You have to pay taxes, you have to pay all you know, or emissions taxes or, or whatever all else that they have. I don't even know the extent of the laws that are out there, but I know that um, a lot of members of the car community that live out there, it's very, very hard for them. And a lot of them have even moved out of the state specifically to avoid those laws and regulations. Um, that's why I don't even, I don't remember if you remember me uh, talking about this, Tom, but I actually had to get rid of the, uh, the BBK off-road X-pipe that was on my Mustang not too long ago and i sold that online um obviously used i had bought it used already but i was actually able to get 250 bucks back for it because that off-road x-pipe has actually been discontinued dbk performance uh was working out of california and because they have to abide by california state laws they could not sell an off-road x-pipe because it doesn't have catalytic uh, catalytic converters on it so that, that X-pipe actually got discontinued. And that's why I was actually able to get so much money back for it, because there are people that are still looking for that X-pipe that can't get it because of those regulations. But anyway, back to this whole Clean Air Act. Um, you know, The EPA's interpretation of this Clean Air Act hasn't gone um, completely unopposed. There actually is counter-legislation that we wanted to talk about that's making its way through Congress right now. And the counter-legislation is called the RPM Act, Obviously, that they tried to name this uh, uniquely to go along with what it's trying to do. Um, But basically, the RPM Act is a piece of legislation that fights for the recognition of the protection of motorsport. That's where RPM comes from. Uh, in which it takes the opposite view of the EPA and that motorsport is a right that is protected by the Constitution. And as such, the aftermarket industry is also protected because it allows people to convert streetcars into dedicated competition race vehicles. And obviously, the best way that I can explain this to just about anybody is that if you value gapping people on your local drag strip with your clapped out shitbox that you bought for $3,000 when you were 18 years old, please go and visit SEMA.org slash EPA news and sign the petition to urge your state representatives to vote in support of the RPM Act, because that's just about all you can do at the moment. Um, And if if that petition does not get signed and your representatives end up voting in favor of it, you could lose the ability to modify your car. But not only that, it also affects the people outside of the car community that just, you know, want to pay low gas prices and and don't want to have their car inspected and want to obey by all these different emission laws and stuff like that, because that's going to affect you too in the long run. If they do try to pass laws like that, that's what you are going to have to do in the future. Um, So just bear that in mind. If this topic this week is not something that you necessarily would care about.
1: Yeah. And just a couple other ways that this affects normal people. So uh, for example, we have a friend who has a diesel truck, and uh, if, if you know anything about like how these these new diesel emissions systems work, it basically chokes up the engine so much that if if you're like towing stuff, it gets you really really bad mpgs. Or I don't, I'm not sure if you're if it affects it when you're daily driving or not, but um, there are ways where you can you know delete these emission systems, and you get way way better mpg with these diesels and it's insane so that's just one way how it affects normal people you know these these new emission systems with these terrible mpg but another way is uh you think about states like california uh, or or you look at other countries and there's just like this huge epidemic of people getting their catalytic converters stolen and why is that catalytic converters are so expensive and if you don't know that's the part of your exhaust that takes out uh, most of the noxious gases and converts it to to other things but in these states people are stealing them and they're so expensive because you have to abide by all these emissions uh, laws and all these standards and stuff so much to where there's a secondary market to where people in our state will sell their catalytic converters used to people all the way in California and these cost hundreds and hundreds of dollars and you can make a lot of money by selling them but my my whole point is you know if you're a poor person out there and you've got a hole that rots in your exhaust because you drive an old car or you live on the coast or you live where where it snows or whatever and you're and you're not gonna pass these emission laws. You gotta pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get stuff like that fixed. And certain people, they just and you know, you gotta I, I'm not sure about paying for the inspection as well, but um, you know, that that's something that can really put a regular person back.
0: Yeah, I've actually I've been told that it varies based on your insurance. But so you were also talking about emissions with diesel motors, so it, it, it's actually the same with pretty much most internal combustion motors. So like on my Mustang, my Mustang's an 04. Um, and one of our buddies, I took my, my car over to his house. I was having a problem a couple of weeks ago that I wanted him to look at for me. And he was actually surprised because when he opened my hood. He was like, he was like, man, you still have your EGR valve in there. And so for people that don't know, an EGR is your engine gas recirculation valve. And so basically what that does is instead of sending exhaust fume, just straight through the exhaust and out the back of the car, um, this valve will actually reuse some of that gas. To help make the motor run more efficient, but actually, what it does is it it dampens the power, dampens the torque, and the engine does not run as efficiently as it could without that EGR valve there. And so, what a lot of people do is they delete that valve or they they block the the valve from functioning with a block off plate, and uh, that actually in turn makes the motor run more efficiently. You get better gas mileage, like you were saying. Um, And so, these are just very common things that people do, and it sucks that these regulations are being pushed on everybody because it actually they make your cars run a lot worse than they otherwise would um had it had these devices not been installed and not been put there in the first place
1: uh yeah so uh, basically my next point um in regards to this rpm act is it is good and uh motorsport has historically been sanctioned like uh, when you talk about racetracks, they're usually set off somewhere in the countryside, so you're not really bothering anybody with the noise and the gas and the tire smell. And they just want to eliminate a lot of the innovations that people are making on their own cars, basically, because this isn't bothering anybody, because like I said, they're they're all the way out there. And um, just an example here in Orlando, we have Orlando Speed World, and this is a track that's been here for the better part of a century. And there's these people who live near it that now want to shut it down. And it's like, you built your house, uh, presumably, I mean, this this track has been been around for so long. And so presumably you built your house after the track was up for a cheap amount. And now you just want to get rid of the track to boost your property value up or whatever. And it's like, uh, sorry, this has been here forever. You can't just do that.
0: Well, it's also like you, you, obviously you said they presumably built their house there and now they want to boost their property value. They're mad that they were able to build their house for cheap because the the property wasn't valued at all, but now they want to move and now they want to move the goalposts basically.
1: Yeah. And I'm fine. Like if, if you like, I wouldn't want a racetrack built next to my neighborhood that would really screw shit up. But, um, like I said, most of these places are really far out or they've been there for a really long time. So, you know, this is just really another example about. Uh, how people are bothered by shit that others do that has absolutely no effect on them, um, yet they just want to go and try to ruin it for everybody else. Ruin an entire sport or a passion that people have, or in in certain cases, like a whole racetrack, um, and that would really screw with the whole Orlando racing community. But this seems to be all that liberals do. They just want to ruin the fun of things, like ruin the fun of motorsport, uh, ruin the fun of comedy by being PC, uh, ruin the fun of owning firearms. Uh, or even uh, ruin the fun of owning the fruits of your labor.
0: Yeah, like taxes and all all that other shit. Like it's just they they want to take more and more from you every single year and n- not allow you to keep you know what you work for, which sucks.
1: Yeah, and I mean certain things like motorsport they can be dangerous or whatever, but uh, that's that's all the risks that people take, and you know people choose to put themselves in these positions or these sports, and uh, why not just let them have it you know moving on uh we have another topic that we want to talk about that's kind of related to cars um, you know we can go further in depth about like the history of regulations and stuff but i just want to give a couple uh ex- we just want to give a couple of ex- examples of like stuff that's happened in recent years so uh obviously regulating motor vehicles and their emissions is no new thing such regulations have been in, in place in the US since the early 70s or and are pretty much half the reason why uh the muscle car era ended uh, the other reason was the Oil crisis, but um, you know, some of you might know about a more recent regulation, which is this uh, these new gas cans that the EPA has uh, basically mandated, these EPA approved gas cans that came out a few years back. And uh, Jeffrey Tucker, who is a libertarian who's probably more hated than loved, uh, even by libertarians, I know I, I disagree with him on a lot of things, but he wrote an article on fee.org back in 2012 about this exact issue. And I thought it would be a good addition to the episode. And so, basically, uh, in in 2007, the EPA mandated that, quote, starting with containers manufactured in 2009, it is expected that the new cans will be built with a simple and inexpensive permeation barrier and new spouts that close automatically. End quote. And so, uh, so I I personally own one. And for anybody who hasn't used them, basically, what you have to do is pull down on the spout, uh, the part where pours out obviously you got to pull down on that towards you while you're pouring the gas can and this sounds a lot easier in theory but basically you have to apply a ton of force because these springs are really tough uh you know the epa wants to make sure that this can accidentally open or whatever even though you got a cap on the top but you're applying all this force and uh there's a very stiff spring and you're pulling this and it hurts your fingers and you're battling to pour the big gas can with your spare hand, so you're holding the gas can and trying to pour it with your spare hand, all the while you're pushing back the other direction with your other hand, and it's it's so annoying. And the worst part out of all of that is that these gas cans spill everywhere as a result of all these quote-unquote innovations. And I think that you're most likely polluting more and definitely in more danger by using these cans that the EPA deems to be more safe and supposedly better for the environment and it's just stupid and obviously things like this follow the same mentality of further regulation and epa approval obviously this has a net negative effect and is dangerous and wasteful and this is completely the opposite of what it's intended to be um and it's so obvious like the gas can mandate should be removed but the epa and Pretty much any executive agency will never admit their faults because they don't want to yield their power because uh, when they yield their power, they lose their funding and thus their jobs and their buddies' jobs. You know They need to be important. They need to create and manufacture some sort of crisis in order to prove themselves to be in in need or in use or whatever. And it it's so stupid. And like I said, the EPA, especially with this, it's such an obvious loss, but they won't take it back or apologize.
0: I was going to say, when I used to live at home uh, with my parents and still you know, was doing chores around the house and stuff like that, one of my typical chores was mowing the lawn. Obviously, you know, my dad worked really late and everything, so he wasn't always home to be able to do that. So I, I did that a lot for him. And the one thing that I always hated doing was filling the mower with gas because it, exactly like you were talking about, those gas cans are so stupid and it's so hard to... Get it to pour gas correctly without it spilling everywhere. Because the minute you do move that spring and you get the spout to open, gas just pours literally everywhere, and you can't control how fast it comes out of the spout. So my dad would always get mad because he'd get home, he'd park his car in the garage, and be like, "Why? Why does the garage smell like gas?" And I'm like, "Dude, dude, these gas cans suck. Like, it, mm-hmm. I just spill gas all over the mower. So yeah, I can definitely see what you're saying. Like, they definitely don't work." The way that they're supposedly designed to work, um, they don't prevent you from spilling anything. In fact, I probably think you spill more gas than you would with a normal gas can that doesn't have those, those controlled spouts or anything. But anyway, it's, it's definitely an example. It's, it, it's a classic give an inch, take a mile kind of scenario in which the EPA has basically tried to do um, some pretty questionable stuff in years past. And there was some pushback, but in the end, nobody really cared enough and they did, they did whatever they wanted to do. And now they're ready to take a mile and we are now having to talk about this and, and kind of you know drum up support because it's yet another government agency coming for our rights and they think that they're going to get away with it because they've gotten away with it before. Um, the problem is they're trying to take literally everything now. It's not something little or um, you know, something like a gas can. That nobody really gave a shit about in years past or whatever. This is something that's extremely serious and something that threatens the hobby and passion that many people in America share, which is the passion for motorsport and the passion for modifying vehicles. You know, I know uh, the the latest fad recently has been TikTok. You know, you can go on TikTok and find videos of of all these different cool builds that people have done, all these cool stories. I know, I found one guy. A couple days back who I guess um, his grandfather had passed away very recently and they were clearing out a lot of the stuff on his property and he went into um, his grandfather's barn and found, uh, what was it? I think it was an old Barracuda, a 70s Barracuda or something like that, that hadn't been driven in like 30 or 40 years that they decided to take out and completely restore, um, completely redo the paint, redo the interior get the motor running. They didn't want to take the motor out. They wanted to use the original motor that was in the car. So they were able to finally get that running and everything. And for this kid, it was a connection to his grandfather that had passed away. And so that's, these are the kinds of things that the EPA is trying to take away from people because the Barracuda is an old muscle car and it's before the age of all these different regulations. And so you're talking about preventing cars like that from even being out on the road. Um, preventing people from restoring these old cars like that, having that connection with family members who have passed on, because it's not just, you know, it's not just teenage kids that are just wanting to modify whatever car they buy for their 16th birthday. Motorsport has stood the test of time and it has created so many different connections with, for so many different people in so many different ways and everything. And so it's like the fact that, that that's trying to be taken away from people it's just very very heartbreaking and it definitely like it, it, it's very very close to home for tom and i um to have stuff like this happening now
1: yeah and um i don't want to get too much into it and i definitely think this is a topic for another episode but people wonder why cars are so expensive now and uh all this other shit and all it is is because of these regulations and because of these new features that everybody demands. I mean, it's not always emissions; it's it's safety too. But you know, car, cars nowadays—I mean, I mean, cars in the early '70s could have gotten, and and some of them did get like fifty, sixty miles to the gallon. A lot of them got forty, and that's just because they were a lot lighter. And now we have so many safety regulations to where cars need to be able to survive these crazy scenarios where you know you need you're like rolling over or whatever and obviously most people aren't going to roll over in their car it's it's kind of crazy but all, all these cars need to have uh, rollover safety standards now and everybody needs these radars in their car with these uh, backup cameras and everything everything's standard ac automatic transmission um one of the things now is cvt transmission which is a lot more expensive but Uh, companies claim that it gets you better power and better efficiency at the same time. And it's just like all these things slowly and slowly ramp up the complexity. Um, they ramp up the maintenance costs, but they, they mostly just ramp up the the cost of the vehicle and emissions has a lot to do with it. Ironically, as, as cars, you know, as time goes on, they, they ramp up the emission standards well, the loophole that these car companies use to get around that is they just build the cars larger, and then they're able to just fit it into a larger vehicle class and get away with having worse emissions. So they're fighting the laws by just kind of jumping through these loops, loops basically. And people think that these laws are helping, and they're, they're actually doing absolutely nothing. And cars nowadays are just getting to the level to where cars were like half a century ago. It's kind of crazy in terms of efficiency. But, uh, you know, all this just, all this racks up the, uh, prices of cars, the prices of vehicles, and obviously all these regulations are just going to kind of do the same. Like they're going to, they're going to make all these sports cars super expensive that young people might want to own because these new cars are going to absolutely suck and you're not going to be able to modify them and shit like the gas can. It's just, uh, we're never going to go back to the original gas can, which was way better And, uh, you know, somebody in my family owns a lawn care service and they, they tell me that they go to yard sales all the time and they're trying to look for old gas cans because the new ones are absolutely terrible and they waste so much. They're dangerous.
0: Well, yeah. And I I don't want to get, you know, too caught up on the emotional side of things, but, you know, I've talked about Elon Musk and Tesla on our show before. And I definitely, I definitely think Teslas are cool. I think it's a a very cool concept. And I definitely think it's, it's going to be part of the future of of cars and and motorsport and all of that here in the very near future. But I did a report on this back in college. I did a report on um, gas, uh, internal combustion motor vehicles versus electric cars and stuff like that. And the one thing that um, I talked about at the end of this uh, paper that I wrote was that I think that this new wave of electric technology that's being inputted in cars, you know, the 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 fact that Teslas can drive themselves, the fact that there's radar technology, so the car knows what's around it and can avoid obstacles and and that kind of thing. You know, I think that's all well and good in terms of safety. I think that those features can definitely be useful. But at the same time, I also talked about the fact that it, it it sort of takes away from the the emotional side of motoring and the fact that you can talk to a lot of different people who are members of the car community who drive modified vehicles, or maybe they're just car enthusiasts. They just like looking at different cars. They like going to car shows, that kind of thing. But you can talk to any of them and they will they, they will be able to tell you about the fact that when they get in their car and drive... There's something about their car that they like. There's something about their car that makes them feel connected to the road and gives them this sense of freedom you know when i When I get upset and I feel like there's a bunch of stuff going on in my life, one of the things that I enjoy doing is just being able to take my car out and drive wherever I want to go. I don't really need that need to have any kind of destination or anything like that, but it's just the joy of going out getting behind the wheel of my car banging through gears on the highway, like that kind of thing. Like it just, it it's a, a sense of relief and um, it eases my anxiety and, and gives me this sense of freedom. And I think that the more that we regulate things like this, the more that we take away from this connection that a lot of people share with their cars, with driving, with this, with, you know, with motorsport in general. I think that it's going to have a very negative impact on a lot of people's mental health as well, because this is an escape for a lot of people. And I know it's not an escape for everybody. I know there are tons of people that probably don't get in their car every day and say, wow, like I, I really enjoy driving to work or whatever it is. But there is that connection for a lot of other people. Um, there was actually a quote. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of uh, Jeremy Clarkson. He was a presenter on Top Gear. Which is a British TV show about motoring for a very, very long time until very recently. um, They left and created a new show that's now on Amazon called The Grand Tour. Um, But there's a quote that I wanted to read by him, which I think fits in very well here. And the quote is It's what non car people don't get. They see all cars as just a ton and a half, two tons of wires, glass, metal, rubber, and that's all that they see. People like you and I know that we have an unshakable belief that cars are living entities that you can develop a relationship with the car. And that's what car people, non-car people don't get. And I think that's very true because it was definitely a very emotional experience for me getting rid of the first car that I had ever modified and selling it to a 16-year-old kid uh, that saw it on the internet and thought, this car is cool. I want to go buy it. That was definitely an emotional experience for me because I had that car for four years, had modified everything myself, had done the majority of the work on it besides some of the more complicated stuff i had friends help me with but there's definitely an emotional side to driving to motorsport to watching your favorite formula one team win a race or just looking at the history of your favorite car you know the mustang goes back to the 60s the Mustang's one of my favorite cars and so being able to look through the history of how that car has come to be the way that a lot of people see it now I think is very very important and the fact that it's trying to be washed away and um done away with with all these regulations and stuff like that is just very very sad for me to watch.
1: Mhm. Yeah, and even uh one car that's kind of getting washed away with these regulations is uh, I think it was the ZL1 Camaro with the brakes. You're not allowed to own in California cuz the brake dust. And so it, it's just a whole uh, it's basically a, a whole different beast from the regular car and just like basically a whole different vehicle taken away f- out of ownership. And even like the US, I mean, you're talking over the years, we've been excluded from owning a lot of different cool trim levels of cars, or just a lot of different cars. Um, and personally, I'm into Japanese cars. And the majority of Japanese cars aren't sold in the US. The uh, like Hondas and I was gonna Mazdas say even Toyotas. the Even
0: the R thirty two, R thirty three and R thirty four skylines, I think most of those are still illegal and if
1: they aren't, they were just legalized very recently, right? Uh, The R33s were just recently legalized, 32s have been for a little while, 34s are still illegal unless it's a show car. So basically you can register it and uh, you can pretty much only drive it a certain amount of miles per year, but you're able to get around that 30-year import ban. Um, And that whole import ban's just in place because of uh, emissions regulations and uh, crash safety sort of things to why some of these cars couldn't be imported to the United States. And obviously they're right-hand drive as well. But um, just going back to like having emotional connections to cars, like my car, I've done, like I said, I've done a ton of stuff to it. And it's like, I'm at the point where I would be torn apart. Um, Actually, the guy who I bought the car from, I I got it from an estate sale. And it was his grandmother's car. And they sold it to me as part of the estate sale. And this guy, and like, I've done everything to it. And this guy uh, messaged me, he found me on Facebook, and he messaged me couple months ago and he was saying he wanted to buy back the car and i was like sorry dude i put so much into it uh it's it was, it's not even running right now and it just wouldn't be worth it to sell it with how much money i put in and what the car would be worth to somebody else and he was like you know that's fine and even offered just to buy the shell because he had an emotional connection to the car in that way but unfortunately just because i had an emotional connection arguably it was probably more than his because i put a ton of miles on the car and you know i i had done so much to it and uh just i had built up that connection myself and i was just like sorry and he actually completely understood and now we actually are friends on facebook and instagram and we message each other every once in a while and we uh he just got a nice japanese car himself but you know i don't really have plans to get rid of my car and i'd be torn apart to get rid of it i eventually want to hand it down to my kid or something if i get a better car and we all know people that love cars and and somebody like me i'm like a very safe and defensive and conscious driver i'm not like speeding super crazy i mean i want to get places but i'm not driving unsafe and it's not all about danger you know tons of people that love cars and they drive safe and why would you want to ruin it for them you you can't let the government even if you don't care about cars yourself you can't let the government ruin it for other people because that's just messed up and like what if your hobby was next what if your hobby uh you know people like i was saying like guns before like people who own guns and people who own cars. We need to band together and say, "Hey, this is enough." Government needs to stop trampling on our rights just because they want to make a couple people, ha- you know, feel more safe or whatever. I mean, it's it, it's it's actually uh, contrary to the facts and the statistics that's making people feel safe and it's making uh, less emissions or whatever in some cases. And it's like I said, it's just ruining it for everybody else. So. I definitely. Yeah, that's true. And I definitely think uh, going back
0: to, you know, you were talking about how um, a lot of these people who are into cars or, or modifying vehicles like they it, not all of them are the ones that are driving like idiots on the highway. Not all of them are, are driving very dangerously and everything it, the same in the same way that you said you're a defensive driver. I'm the same way. I don't ever do stuff that I know is going to, put me in any kind of danger or anything like that. Yeah. And especially, especially my car as well, because you, <laughs> you know, you're talking about how you've done literally everything to your car. You've put blood, sweat, tears, money, literally into blood. modifying your car. Yeah. Literally <laughs> you send me Snapchats all the time when you're working on that thing of you cutting your hands and stuff like that. But it, it's the same, the same kind of thing is that we've put all this time and work into modifying our car to our liking to, to make it, Cars, I think, are, are an image of their driver. It's a reflection of that person. And so, you know, when you're looking at, when you're looking at Tom's Miata, you're looking at a reflection of who Tom is. You're looking at all of that, blood, that blood, sweat, and tears that Tom has put into modifying that car j- to the way that he likes the car, the way that he wants that car to look. And I've done the same thing with my Mustang. And like Tom said, it is definitely something that I want to pass to my kids some, someday. Um, and everything you know, I know that's not going to be my car forever, but it is something that I want to keep to be able to pass on that passion and that emotional connection to my kids. Because I know when I have kids, they're going to look at me and be like, "My dad has a cool ass race car." Like that. That's how I want my kids to look at me or think of me when I when I pass away. So there definitely is an emotional connection, and for a lot of people, having cars handed down through their family or being able to modify a car and then hand that down to your kids one day when you're older and you can't drive it or 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 whatever that's definitely something that i feel like a lot of people should keep in mind because there is that emotional connection there for a lot of people
1: yeah i mean and even just uh handing down knowledge as well i unfortunately i didn't i didn't get a lot of knowledge handed down but i i was able to especially with this new age with youtube and everything i was especially able to be a lot of get a lot of self-driven knowledge and figure out things and just google shit myself but handing down knowledge that that's a huge thing and i just want to be able to do that and that's just another thing that comes along with the passion is uh, not only knowing how to modify and trick shit out but also maintain it and keep it in working order and keep these classic pieces of running and everything
0: Yeah, because you're talking about now your cars, your cars have so many computers and stuff like that, that they'll be able to drive themselves if they aren't already. And you're going to need a mechanic specifically trained to work on stuff like that. Whereas a lot of these older cars are just very bare bones. It's a transmission, a motor and and gears, basically in the rear end that get this car to drive. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a lot of this stuff is very, very bare bones. And can be easy to work on with the right knowledge. And I think what you're talking about with maintaining the cars is just very true. I feel like a lot of people who drive cars nowadays don't know how to maintain their vehicle. They don't know how to very, do very, very simple things, do very, very simple things like change a tire, check your tire pressure. Um, or, you know, check your oil levels, like that kind of thing. Like these people, or, or put a new battery in the car, like just these very simple things that I feel like anybody that owns a motor vehicle should be able to do. But that's, Mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about is that history and this knowledge is being washed away and it's being forgotten. And that's, what's very sad to watch is that there, you know, the car community, I feel like there's hope for the car community. I feel like there are still, lots of little kids that look at nice cars and be like, wow, like I want to own one of those one day, or they see modified cars that may not look the best, but are cool to cool to, you know, watch them do donuts or watch them on a drag strip and stuff like that. That's how I was as a little kid. You know, I liked looking at Lamborghinis and Ferraris and stuff like that, but I was a lot more excited to watch the clapped out shit boxes at the drag strip or, or look at the not so pleasant to look at cars at car shows or whatever that maybe had cool motors and cool stuff done to them mechanically and everything, you know, that, that kind of stuff is just being washed out and that's, what's sad to see. But I definitely do think that there is hope for the car community. I think there still is that, dream for a lot of little kids of owning modified cars one day or, or owning supercars and that kind of thing you know mm-hmm. i i think that dream is still well alive but i think that there's a lot that the car community can do to to ensure that that dream stays alive for the future generations to come
1: yeah obviously we need to fight these regulations because otherwise i don't know how we're going to get our really cheap ass uh you know really common cars that tons of people have on the road i don't know how we're going to get those to uh to be 10 second cars on the drag strip and beat some of these luxury cars because that's just kind of what these like i was saying the regulations just pump up the cost of the cars. so if you want to go really really fast nowadays you got to pay a 100 grand uh for a new car that goes really really fast or or or, or get like a hellcat or something that that can't turn but <laughs> but uh without these regulations, we just, or, or just like be like how we are now or whatever. And just, especially in Florida and just, just do whatever the hell we want to our cars. And we can get Hondas, we can get Mazdas, we can get Mustangs to keep up with some of these super crazy cars. And that's just part of the passion. And that's just part of one of the things that would be taken away by this.
0: And yeah, definitely believe us when we tell you that it is so much more satisfying going to a oh, drag, yeah. going to a drag strip. And watching a twenty-year-old clapped-out shitbox Honda or shitbox Mustang beat a Ferrari, a Lamborghini, or a McLaren on the drag strip—it is yeah, absolutely, it, it is absolutely
1: satisfying. Beat the rich dude. Yeah, it's 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 satisfying. And there's shows like uh, what was that Netflix show where the drag racers and they—it's just all about a, a person. It's all about like four people with a shitbox trying to beat some dude that has a luxury car. That's like, oh yeah. Your car may be uh, modified or whatever, but you're poor as hell. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I know but, what show you're talking about. I can't remember the name of it right now off yeah. the top of my head. But yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> so satisfying, though, to beat them. But I think that's just about it for this episode this week. Obviously, like we were talking about, this this subject was definitely, it, it hits close to home for Tom and I as members of the car community, as I'm sure it does for A lot of other people, and maybe even some of our listeners. If you guys are also members of the car community, you know it's definitely something that you guys would care about as well. And we thought it was an important topic to discuss at some point. And we hope you guys enjoyed the episode and can see what we're talking about, even if you're you're not a car person or not a member of the car community. It's still something that will affect everybody in the future should any of these regulations get passed. But like I said. Please, if, if this is something that you guys care about and something that um, you don't want to happen, please, I would urge you to go to SEMA.org slash EPA news and sign the petition uh, to urge your representatives to support the RPM Act. That is really the only way that we will ensure that these laws and regulations don't get passed and that the protection of motorsport is ensured for
1: years to come. Yes, guys, please, please get on that. And uh, thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Yeah, be easy. Peace. Feel the rhythm
0: of the road. Let it penetrate your soul. Turn it up. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Free For All podcast. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow and subscribe to the show and connect with us on Instagram to keep up to date with all the latest content. Peace.